Welcome to the third episode of Downtime Podcast, where two coworkers talk about video games. I'm Elisa. I'm Jeremy. And today, we're still not on our lunch break, but we're in the middle of work. Things are kind of stressful right now. I'm stressed a little bit. So it's not downtime? It's not. You know, it is, it's downtime for the next 30 minutes. Okay. Last week, Jeremy was talking about how, he's play, how he was going to play Yakuza 0. It turns out that I ended up also getting Yakuza 0 nice. for my birthday. And we both played the game, and it's kind of the coolest thing ever. It's like my it's the best game ever right now to me. Like I can't stop playing. I've been ignoring my PC and I'm primarily a PC gamer and I got back in the PS4 and like I can't stop playing Yakuza 0. This is this is my first game in the Yakuza series. Same. And it's mind-blowing. It's <laughs> it's so much like Japan. I really like how Japanese this game is. Yes. It's, it has action, it has drama, it's also over the top, ridiculous and hilarious. There's a lot of really cool things about this game. I really like the, the mini games, like the, yes. the side games in the I game. I know. Like, you could play full arcade games in the Ugh. game. I know. So much fun. So, we'll start from the beginning. Yakuza 0 is the prequel to the whole entire Yakuza series that is made by Sega. And this game actually came out in Japan in 2015. Yeah. But its worldwide release was this is in 2017, January 24th. Yeah. Um, the series is created by Toshihiro Nagoshi, and he was inspired by a bunch of Yakuza movies, and when he created it, he was he thought he could add in a bunch of flavor and stuff, so that's why people consider this like the Japanese GTA, minus the Grand Theft part. <laughs> minus a lot of... <laughs> minus, well, the, minus the Grand Theft and... Well, there's Grand and... Theft, and then there's, there's no autos, though. Yes, so no, it's, it's, no autos. This is GT... Tokyo, GT, GT Tokyo. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's. Oh my God, I could go on for days about this game. This game, this game, this game. Yeah, that's it. How about that? Just this game. <laughs> no, but the like, end. End podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, um, this game has uh, has really is really Japanese, like you said, and it was made for Japanese audiences. Like the yeah. the creator stated that this game was made for Japanese audiences. So when it came to the West, he was afraid that people wouldn't play it or people wouldn't get it because it's nothing that like you know Americans are used to and the fact that all the, the mannerisms the culture and the yakuza themselves like people just think that they're just the Japanese mafia which they are in some respects but very different you know a Japanese gang of some sort yeah yeah exactly exactly the the reason why this game resonates with me is i i really like Japanese culture i've traveled to Japan before i've seen a lot of Japanese movies like when you said this is inspired by uh, Japanese Yakuza movies, the first one that comes to mind is Tokyo Drifter. Ah. And a lot, of, like, a, a lot of the colors and outfits resemble Tokyo Drifter. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And that, and that type of style. I really like a lot of the things, like the cities, the environment, mm-hmm. the mannerisms. It, it, mm-hmm. is very, it is very Japanese, like very, you said. Very, very Japanese. And this one takes place in 1988, so it yes. definitely is the, the prequel to everything Yakuza. So if you're a new Yakuza fan, it's like someone who just doesn't know what this is, then I suggest you buy this game first and, and play it. Uh, that it's, it is 60 bucks right now, but honestly, you're getting so many games with that 60 bucks. You're getting like basically, I'm bragging, but like 60 <laughs> games. I'm embellishing too much. It's like you get 60 games, so you, you that's get $1 60. for every game. One- <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's good. I mean, it's a it's a really good deal. Like it's oh, it's so, it's fantastic. My favorite thing about Japan in general, because I've also been there too, is that um, is the convenience stores. So uh, my face yeah. lit up when I saw a convenience you store. Can, and when you go, you can buy like just, the little things in yeah. the convenience store. It's so amusing. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of details in this that's just super amusing to me. Like for example, um, so we'll get into a little bit of the background and the gameplay and how excited we are about it. Yeah. This game um, is about two people. Uh, their names are Kiryu and uh, Majima. Uh, Majima, and it takes place in Tokyo and Osaka. I'm not in Osaka yet, but I'm in the Tokyo area, and it's the name of the neighborhood is the. Uh, Kamurucho district, which is based yeah. off of the uh, Kabukicho. Act- yeah, Kabukicho, which yeah, is the yeah. actual red light district in Tokyo. Have you ever been there? I have been there. Me too. <laughs> in the in the daytime, though. Oh, I've been to, both at night and daytime. Yeah. So when I was there, in I see in the nighttime, I walked by it, but mm-hmm. I never actually walked into it. Ah, I walked into it. I ate food in there. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard the food's really good there. Yeah, so. I had udon. It was it was yeah. really tasty. It was really good. Yeah. Um. Aside from that, like, it's like, it's, I've, we weren't born in the 80s, and we didn't live through 1988, so obviously we don't know what Tokyo looked like at the time, but I will say this is a fairly good representation and, like, mix of present and past Tokyo, like, the the maps are, because I'm actually in Osaka right now, I'm in Sotenbori, which is, like, the... Is that Dotonbori? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the, it's their version of Dotonbori. Amazing. And so you, actually, you know the Glico guy with his arms up? He isn't there in this version because yeah. it's oh, 1988. Wow. It's 1988. So, I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's, it's very it's very like <laughs> precise to the time. And I thought that was really cool. And so Osaka is probably my favorite city of the two right now just because like the people are crazy. The way they speak is different than the Tokyo people. And I think that was really cool is that they included that detail when in Sotonbori, which is they speak Kansai-ben, which is the dialect they speak in that area of Japan. Also, you can get takoyaki. I forgot to mention that. You can just go to the street and there's a stand with a takoyaki stand. I was like, oh my god. That's awesome. You're going to love that, Elisa. <laughs> I know, because you can't do that in Tokyo. No, you can't. Because takoyaki is a Kansai thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my god. This game is just, this game is just awesome. This game is... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, side note, Yakuza Kiwami is coming out in the summer of this year. And I, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, it's a full remake, HD remake of... Uh, the, the very first Yakuza game, and all the all the voice actors redubbed their voices and spoke from the ground up. And I cannot wait to play that game too. I'm like, because yeah. I want I want to play in the future. You know, I want to play closer to my time. After after playing this game, I really want to get into the whole series. And then Yakuza, Yakuza Six is the not Six came out actually. It came out in Japan last in, year. Last year, yeah, December last year, which so means fairly it, recently. Which means it'll come back. To the, it will come out to the U.S. probably next year, 2018. Next. For sure, it's coming out 2018. Oh, and you can actually go online. And Sega posted uh, during Tokyo Game Show last year a 40-minute video of Yakuza 6. Oh my God, it's like playing Uncharted. Really? It, like, everything is seamless. The wow. cutscenes are seamless. The fight scenes are seamless. When you go into a building, there's no load time. And, oh, okay. And, like, That's cool. Komurocho, because it's set in the present day, it it's... looks exactly like it was like when I last went. Oh, wow. And so, like, instead of, like, the Sega high-tech game club, it says Club Sega in the font from the original, like, I'm like, oh, That's... my God. That's... It's exactly like, and you can go to the vending machines and buy drinks. You can select what Can I get a want. milk tea? Yes, you can. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much detail in Yakuza 6. Um, but here's another thing, too. Like, since we're still entry fans of the series, you and I, Lisa. Yes. Um... 
Yakuza 6 is supposed to be Kazuma Kiryu's last game. It's not oh. the last game in the series, but that's, that's what everyone's speculating, but it's just the last game for his character arc. Well, I didn't, since I've never been in the series before, I didn't even know that these characters carried on. I honestly thought it was different characters each game. Oh, so there are some spin-offs. There's one called Ishin, which is interesting because it takes place in uh, feudal Japan. And I thought that was... What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh my god. And this game's all the, Yeah. So all the, all the voice actors return as like their ancestors' counterparts. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. And obviously you can't play video games or do any of the side stuff. You can't play pool or darts. But they have like the equivalent of those during that time. That's hilarious. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be released to the West because it's very, very, very Japanese. And it contains some characters that only Japanese people will understand and appreciate. I might appreciate them. Yeah, I, I, I would too. No, I'm, I'm all for bringing it back over here. I'm like, oh my god, I really want to play Ishin because it's PS4 only, it's Japan only. I'm just like, let me play it. You know, it's, I know. it's samurai. I love like the. Samurai I love that stuff. era. Yeah, that's uh, so cool. Sega. Yeah, if, Sega, please. If you're listening, please, please bring it out. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to show you a picture. You can go to Wikipedia. I'm on Wikipedia right now. It's called. Ryuga Gotoku Ishin, which means like a dragon, Ishin. And mm-hmm. this is the spin off version of it. It's for PS3 and PS4. Look at oh, that. Wow, That's that Kazuma is... Kiryu right there in the middle. For the all blood. our viewers, it looks amazing. You gotta Google, <laughs> you gotta Google it. Oh, yeah, it totally. It looks really cool. It's during the, it's, yeah, it's during the past, like the far past. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. And uh, if only we were able to get this on our hands. But eh, we'll see. I, maybe they'll bring it over if there's enough popularity. For sure. I think. Especially with this game, I've heard a lot of people talking about this game in the U.S. It's gaining a lot of traction internationally. Um, In the U.K., I think the game has been selling out and people have been wanting copies of it. Like, it's apparently really hard to get a copy of Yakuza 0 right now. A hard copy of it, at least. In the U.K. In the U.K. Because here in the U.S., I had that problem. I think I talked about about the very first podcast. I was like, yeah, I, I I bought Yakuza 0. But it was out of stock. It's been out of stock for like three weeks. There you so go. There, was there a you short, have yeah, it. Yeah, there was a short problem in there. Yeah. I think I think Sega. I honestly believe Sega did it on purpose because they wanted to test the market. Because that would make sense. They they've sold Yakuza games in the past here before, but and they've only been like, it's only been one, two, three, and I don't think four. Oh, maybe four. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. But and Dead Souls, which is another spinoff about zombies, but they didn't do too well. Because I guess at the time, it was just for different consoles. And so when they released Zero here, people were like grabbing it like crazy because it got such high praise from all these reviewers. I know. It kind of makes, kind of makes you think, um, since they were testing the waters, I haven't played one through, one through 6 yet, yeah. what those games were like. And I guess how come it didn't attract an audience previously? Yeah. And why is it getting all this traction now? Mm-hmm. So no, agreed. I I I'm feeling the same way. Like, I wonder what what was it about this game that made everyone want to flock to the Yakuza series now? Because if it's sold out everywhere, like holy shit! Like, yeah. what did it do? What did it do? I know. But maybe maybe fans like us, you know, who appreciate Japanese culture and appreciate just everything about this game, mm-hmm. are the ones that are buying it up. But definitely, because I and then they tell their friends too, you know. Definitely, because the fact that I've actually traveled to Japan before it makes this game more interesting to me yes. because you you are playing in Japan versus if we talk to someone who's like never really heard of Japanese history or Japanese landscape all yeah. those things i don't know if they would be interested in this game no yeah totally i mean they I, might see it as actually just like your 
good old action GTA and not and think of oh this is just a like a Japanese Grand Theft Auto first um, third person yeah no totally but they but I don't know if they would actually really get into all of the cultural um, fun stuff yeah I mean like in a way Yakuza, Yakuza is both a realistic rendition of Tokyo or just Japan in general and also like an embellishment of it. Oh yeah, it's super over the top. Oh yeah, that's what I love about it. But, I know. But the other thing too is um, uh, like you and I went to LA recently with another one of our friends and right after I played Grand Theft Auto V because it takes place in like, yeah. uh, Los Santos which is basically LA and and I was like I went to all the places that we went to as yeah. well and I thought it was really cool. Like it was, it was really cool to see that one for one like almost... Uh, map of the same place. It really is, and that's what I appreciate uh, when Rockstar creates these games where I've actually visited the place before. For example, yeah. in the whole, not just Grand Theft Auto V, but just this entire San Andreas series. Yes. It's based on Las Vegas, and it's also based off San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, like, it makes you kind of appreciate where you live more. Or where it you, does. You know, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, like, with, with Ubisoft's uh, Watch Dogs 2, it takes place in the Bay Area. Yes. And, you know, where we live, where we're from. And so I think that was really cool how they made almost a one-for-one rendition of the Bay Area. They did their best Definitely. with San Francisco. But I think with, with Yakuza and Tokyo and Osaka, I think they did a really, really, really good job to capture the feel, the culture, the food especially. Because like, Yakuza has a lot of food options. Yakuza 0. And Yakuza 6 has even more food options, I, I saw. Where you can, put, you can decide what you want on your ramen. I'm like, that's really cool. I could just go to a restaurant and do it, but okay, I'll do it here. <laughs> That's really funny. (laughs) Yakuza 6 is like the craziest, most detailed Yakuza iteration I've ever seen. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, me too. I I can't. uh, I I mean, it's nice we're getting two Yakuza games this year, but I really want to play the newest one, you know? The sixth one. Yeah. And then probably by 2020, we'll get seven. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Just to kind of go into the gameplay and what it's kind of like, like a few of the details... In Yakuza 0, you're playing as one of the members, and you're walking through the city. There's not, you, there's not really any... At least, I'm not on any portion that has cars. Uh, there are... Well, I mean, like, your friend drives you around. Yeah, your car. friend drives you around, but... And, and from the, you know, the opening scene, yes. there's a part where you guys are, like, shooting out the car. So I think that's the yeah. only part with cars. Yeah. You, don't, you never get to drive it yourself. You're only a passenger. Yeah. Maybe, well, he probably doesn't have a license. He's only like 20. That, that's true. He is <laughs> it's only, expensive to get a license. He is only... <laughs> it's weird because I, initially I thought, oh, these people are like 40. And then, oh, and no. then, and then when, so, when like their age got revealed, I was like, oh, okay then. Well. <laughs> Majima's 24. For the yeah. Record. He's like almost our age. I'm like, wow, this guy looks like he's 36. He really does though. <laughs> they, have, they both have like beards and yeah, long... It's, it's, it's crazy. I know. Whenever... When, this is one of my favorite things about um, just their battle system. Yeah. So there's going to be points where you have to encounter brawls and yeah. and, and battles. And what will happen is when you're approaching a group of like this group of people you're going to attack, there's just like this text pop up that says yep. hooligans or <laughs> or it says this like so and so guy, yep. and yep. then it starts the battle. You start so you so you beat these people up however you choose, and then you end up getting money off of it. You get yen depending on how quick how quickly you beat yeah beat them. You basically, just take their money. Yeah, you take <laughs> so their money, funny. and on top of that. With a lot of the dialogue, the dialogue, what I find interesting about Yakuza 0 is the fact that the dialogue kind of changes because 
in some areas you'll have the dialogue presented where it's just cuts of people but their mouths aren't moving they're yeah. just still yeah. and it's accompanied with the with the voiceover as well as the sub uh-huh. and then in other portions um they're not even, like no one's talking at all it's just the it's noises. just a dialogue every, they just every, make noises yeah, yeah, like, and eh? <laughs> yeah and then and then you'll encounter you'll finally encounter um parts where there you actually see them talking to each other and i don't mean in like just the cutscenes, but in the actual gameplay they're talking to each other so it, yeah. it kind of just it jumps around this is a this game has a lot of cuts has a lot of reading too yes it does have a lot <laughs> of reading there's a lot of deep there's a lot of there's a lot of text. <laughs> There's so much, yeah. And especially with the sub-stories, like, you have, like, all those, what you're, t- the sub-stories are basically what you just talked about, how yeah. the sub-stories are just them speaking, like, not even, like, the voiceover, it's just, like, they'll say, like, uh, they'll make a noise at the beginning, like, ah, or like, eh, at the beginning yeah. of their sentence, and then they'll have just text that you have to read, but their mouths move. Yeah. That's a lot of the sub, that's all the sub-stories are, I thought that was interesting. What's cool about the sub-stories, real quick, is that the sub-stories actually... Some of them in Osaka, they intercross with each other. And I really? That, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Okay. Like, there was a guy looking for a necklace for his girlfriend, and then, and then uh, he mentions, like, oh, I should just get a fake. And then later on in the mission, like, several missions later, you meet a guy who's a forger, and he can make fake stuff. And you're like, hey, I got a guy who could help you. Oh, I'm that's like, really cool. I'm like, this is the greatest game ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's got such a good narrative. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of side missions, a lot of sides that you can do on top of the main story. Wait, wait till you go to Osaka. When I, my first night as Majima, I could not walk ten feet without doing a side like submission. <laughs> like, it's gonna annoy you, but they're really really fun. Like the, oh, no. like I told you before, the characters in Osaka are super crazier. Like yeah. they're crazier than the ones in Tokyo. Well, one of them does them. have an eye. The one in Osaka does have an eye patch. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of like one eye jokes that make me laugh. They make me laugh. <laughs> Just a just an idea of the different side missions that you can do. So you can help people out. You can also just do random ass things, hanging out with people. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. for example, when I'm still starting off in this game, and there was one period where I just spent like two, three hours, like just doing karaoke. Oh my god! Because it's the <laughs> because it's so entertaining, and the karaoke system is like if you can think of like how cheesy the actual videos of karaoke are it's straight up kiryu or and i guess majima Majima when he's doing it just this super like over the top like romanticized video and exactly how you would see it all these pictures of nature and then and you see pictures of him singing and then the bartender is just totally like staring at him the entire time, because yeah. that's the like world all this they stuff, live in, you know. And then, um, um, when you, do you have a meeting in here? Did you book the room? I booked the room. Okay. <laughs> Did you book it just now? Um, no, I just got a meeting in my company. Oh, oh God. Now an ad from our non-existent sponsor. ダメよ、ダメなのよ。あんたが好きで好きすぎてどれだけ強いを避けても歪まないばかりたい。
welcome back to Downtime Podcast, where two coworkers are talking about video games. As in the name, we are coworkers, and we do this yep. podcast at work. Mm-hmm. And we just had an incident where we we may have not booked the correct conference room that it's we're okay. talking Can at. It's okay. Can you book it right now? I, I will just book do it. it right I am now. going to the book last, it. The last like what fifteen minutes that you have left. <laughs> I am going to book it you go right to your now. Your next meeting. Yes. Because we're already talking about Yakuza Zero. Yeah. I saw a really cool article about why arcades are still successful in Japan by Brian Ashcraft of Kotaku. Was this a recent article? This is a recent article. It came out last week. And I thought that it would be a good touch to end this podcast and our talk about Japan. Sure, sure. The article covers that currently there's about 4,800 arcades all across the country. And it's talking and it's talking about how till this day arcades are still relevant. They're still successful in Japan. The Yakuza Zero, they're the company who made it, Sega, mm-hmm. is one like one of the contributing factors to mm-hmm. why it's still successful. And so yeah. I w- I just looked up the article um, when it popped up on my feed, and this is the list of things that of why arcades are successful. Okay. So number one is arcade game makers own the arcades. And this is, and anyone who's ever traveled to Japan, especially if you've maybe been to the Akihabara district, yep. you'll know that a lot of the arcades, like they are actually pertain to that company. So for example, yes. there is like in Akihabara, there is just like a huge red arcade and that's the Sega arcade. Yep. And then on top of that, you also have Namco, Camcom and Taito also. Yeah, yeah. Whole, right. having their own arcades there literally it's a building full of just arcade games that they, that company makes yes so you'll see anything from ghost ghost what a ghost not ghost recon like ghost warrior whatever that they like like that shooter game from sega and also you'll see initial d mm-hmm. in the sega one as well as virtual fighter which is pretty cool have you ever have you ever played initial d <laughs> like the actual game or the, the actual game in japan the actual game in japan yeah I, I did actually it was like the fifth version whatever the newest version was sixth one Sixth stage is what they call it. <laughs> I've never played Initial D in Japan, but when we were in that area, a few of my friends were just playing nice. that. Nice. It's always a fun game. Yes. And there was like a point in my life where almost every guy I knew existed just played this game and did, like, and spent yeah. so much money. Were you one of those people who was, spent all the money at I, the arcade? Okay. <laughs> I did it twice. Arcade. I did it twice because my friends are super into it. Like, oh, you got to get this car. I was like, oh, man. Actually, that's where I started liking Skyline R34 is from is because of that game because I thought it was a cool car. Yeah. And then my friends were like, oh, you should play this game with me. And so I started playing it. I played it twice with them. And then I was like, this is a waste of money. It is a waste of money. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. I had a friend from middle school who just went to Golfland, which is the arcade that I live close to. Nice. And he spent so much money, so much of his allowance on Initial D. He could have bought a real car. He really... With the money he spent. Probably. Now, I don't know, but I'm just going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to say his name. Okay, yeah. We'll keep it that way. Sorry, pal. Anyways... So next on this list of why arcades are still successful in Japan is is that Japanese arcades are part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are located near train stations. They're incorporated into the into the work life, uh-huh. um, so that when you leave for work, go to the arcade. Yeah, and I mean, it's in air, like incorporated into areas of high traffic, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and they're, they're some of the tallest buildings in that area, and they also are some of the brightest colors. So, for example, Sega, like you said, is red. And when you see that, you're like, oh, 
I can see it, and the Sega letters are huge. They're yes. Like, oh, yeah, okay. I can see that's the Sega arcade building. Yes, exactly. And it'll say, like, Club Sega over it or whatever, you know? Club Sega. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. And, like, I grew up playing Sonic the Hedgehog. I think we've talked about this before. And so, obviously, Sega resonates with me greatly, and I have a huge, like, affiliation with Sega to the point where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll step in that <laughs> Sega arcade. I'll see what's up in there. And then I went in there, and my friends and I played, like, the crane game. We played the taiko drum game, and it's cool. Yeah. Third on the list is that Japanese arcades respond to trends. So yes. there will be games not only for young people, but for the work, like middle-aged working people, as well as mm-hmm. elderly people. Yeah. For all ages. I noticed that in the Sega one, there was like a horse race betting game. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> but hey, like you just said, it, it, it's it, for everyone. It, you know? it appeals to everybody. I thought that was really cool. I think it's very in- inventive of them. It is very inventive of them. Which is sort of part of the next one, continued innovation. Continued innovation. <laughs> they don't stay they don't stay complacent. Yeah. Always trying to improve. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think that that's one of the things that's important to arcades. Like a lot of arcades where where we're from, they're like they're always updating the games as mm-hmm. well as a lot of these arcades are attached to bars. And yeah. that's an, that's like a huge appeal of why people We'll go there. And if, if you've noticed, a lot of the arcades around us, too, like the ones that are attached to bars, have retro games in them. And that's like a huge fad now. Yes. Like there's a bar near us called Brucade. Yes. And it's all like retro games. And you have arcades that are, that are like Chuck E. Cheese, basically, that have all the newest and latest and greatest video games, or like Dave and Buster's, you know? And then there are some arcades that have just retro games. And I think that's a huge fad here in the U.S., which is like retro gaming. Nostalgia. Yeah, like, you know, the NES, the NES Classic? That sold out so quick. <laughs> they're, already, they're talking about making an SNES Classic and a Genesis Classic. I'm like, damn, just do it already. It'll, it'll sell out, like, instantly. Exactly. I think, and it's just appealing to the different cultures because, like, for example, this is what makes arcades successful in the U.S. Yeah. Aside from, like, an, I know another arcade that I mentioned earlier, Golfland. It's yeah. not just an arcade. It's also a golf course. Like, it's also yeah, yeah. mini golfing. So yeah. that's, how, that's how arcades appeal to U.S. people. Whereas yeah. in Japan, it's just, like, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, another example of continued innovation is um, in last year's uh, Japan Amusement Expo, um, Sega was... and. I'm actually, I'm not sure if it was Sega, but a company was talking about... Might have been Sony. Maybe Sony. VR in the arcade. Yeah, there's probably Sony. That makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. But it'd be cool. I mean, like, I think they talked about having Resident Evil 7 as an arcade game, as a VR arcade game. I think that would be interesting. That would be really cool. You know? And lastly, uh, what makes arcades still successful in Japan is that many of the things you can only experience at the arcade, whereas mm. a lot of arcades here in the u.s you can play those games on consoles as well as it's becoming a thing in the u.s where ipad games are are being implemented into arcades where in japan there's a lot of things like crane games and a lot of card-based games like taiko drums that you can't do anywhere else but i will say for the u.s we're talking specifically about like arcade video games not talking about things like the basketball game or Mm -hmm. talking about things like um, like the fishing game. Yeah, that's that's different. And lo- or like big game hunting. Like no one yeah. does that. no one does that in Japan. <laughs> what the hell? Why would you put that in Japan? Like maybe they would have it there because it's kind of exotic. It's like ooh, an American game where you can hunt big animals in Africa. It's like what the hell? <laughs> you know? But hey, uh, whatever floats your boat. And like for me, I think that 
that's what I appreciate most about Japanese arcades is like the variety of games and like how they're always innovating and providing something like it doesn't matter how old you are you'll always find some kind of entertainment there exactly all right since we're not sure if we still have this conference room we're gonna end this podcast thank you for listening to the third episode of downtime podcast thank you